We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. I'm Gina Schreck, and I am the founder of The Village Workspace, here where we are hosting the event, and I own a digital marketing agency, Social Connects. I've had my business for 26 years, which it has been an adventure for 26 years, and having a digital marketing agency, our team was always here in Denver, but we still worked a lot, a lot of us worked remote, and we craved community. And that's when the idea to open, first we decided to work in a co-working space and then we couldn't find one we loved and we decided to build our own. And it's just been such a joy to see entrepreneurs and small businesses come together and connect. And I love having a place where there's just energy of, of creativity every day. I started speaking professionally 30 years ago I, I always say I probably have been speaking for 57 years, but I've been, I've been speaking, I've been paid to speak for 30 years, and I've written six books. Most of them are in the technical side because I'm a digital marketing, I own a digital marketing agency, so I have a, a book, Social Media Doesn't Work Unless You Do, and really my goal has always been to help demystify digital marketing and social media for people and make it easy and doable for people, and our, our team helps people take on the tasks that they just don't have time to do. But a lot of the books that I've written, Twitter and social media, it's um, it, it's an interesting industry. It's an interesting industry. And I, I love helping people get it. It's interesting the people that have come to work here and to be around me. I feel so blessed that I get to surround myself with people that I just love. And even, I mean, we have people in here that were my first clients. When I started my business 26 years ago, my very first client, this HR director, she now works here. Um, and I think growing up, I always felt the need, I wanted to belong. Um, and you know, we all have kind of stories. And I grew up um, very, very poor. My, my mom, single mom, single parent. Um, we were on welfare. I never knew my father. I never knew who he was. I recently found him through DNA testing said he didn't want to have anything to do with me. So that that rejection, I think that a lot of us feel drives us to make others feel that they belong. And I think, I, I look at it and go, the journey that I've been on in my life has prepared me for such a time as this. And my journey has prepared me to be the hostess to people that walk. I, I feel like my job is to love on people. When they walk in the door, I want them to feel seen, I want them to feel they belong. And I think that stems from growing up always feeling like I didn't have that. And I think when we go through hard times in life, we can be victims or we can be victors. And we can say the reason I went through that on this journey was to prepare me to love on other people. So I never knew anything about my dad except that his name was Tom. My mom had a one night stand when she was 18 years old got pregnant, 
he leaves. She never sees him again. So she doesn't have the ability to tell him she's pregnant. She goes to put me up for adoption. Then after I was in foster, a foster system for three months, my mom decided to keep me because she got in a fight with her parents. <laughs> so not for the best reasons, but so she was a single mom. She raised me the best she knew how. Um, I've learned to look at that as going, you know, parents do the best they know how. Um, and then at, in my 30s, she told me the story of, you know, this guy, she, all, he, all she knew is his name was Tom or Tommy. And I'm like, how do you find somebody? You can't find somebody until DNA testing came out. And I did the testing and it, I put my DNA stuff in there. And then a year later, somebody contacted me and said, I just did my DNA test and you and I are closely related. And so I said, oh, well, all I know is I'm looking for my dad. His name is Tom. And she says, OMG, that's our dad. And so we called each other. We sent each other pictures. We look alike. <laughs> so now I found out I have seven siblings. This guy was, he was on the move. And seven siblings, all with different moms. Crazy story. But I wrote him a letter. She grew up knowing him. And so she told me about him and I wrote him a letter and I said, I would love to meet you and I'll fly out to Vegas. That's where he lives. And I've, been, I've always wondered what you look like. And he wrote back saying, you made the assumption that I would want to meet. You were the result of a chance encounter many years ago, which I can kind of see his, his perspective. Um, but he says, I don't want to meet and please never contact me or my family again. And so I wrote him one more letter and said, first of all, if you knew me, you know I would I always have the last word so I will tell you about me <laughs> and at the end of me telling them I have a fabulous life I have an amazing husband four incredible children six grandchildren and I said and now I will never contact you again and I feel good with it I feel at peace with it because again it's part of that story it kind of makes us who we are and I meet so many people who grew up without a father and immediately we're drawn together and we can
and I am guilty. I run three businesses. I have two co-working spaces and a digital marketing agency. I know the word hustle. And I also know the word just be still, just stillness. And to sit and just look and say, this brings me joy. Like this person that I get to work with, this client that I get to help, this car that I get to drive, this air conditioning that feels cold on my body on a hot day. Like, those are things that no matter what we're going through, we can put that blanket of joy. I have a couple people I would give this blanket to. One is somebody who recently came back into my life, Julie, who just moved back here from Kentucky. I would give her that blanket of joy. Why? I'm gonna start crying. Especially when women get older, we don't see the beauty that we have at 50. You have so much wisdom. <laughs> Who cares if we gain weight? Who cares if our knees have now sagged? <laughs> Gravity, people, let it go. <laughs> and people that I I love in, again, in this space that brings me so much joy. There are women who don't love themselves. And I hear them say hurtful things. They feel fat, they feel old, they feel useless, they feel unsavvy, they don't feel like they're relevant anymore. I want her to, I told her yesterday, my goal, is she is going to start to feel beautiful. She, right now, she won't let anybody take a picture of her. She won't let anybody get any, because she feels you did get a picture of her. She, she's like, I don't want to be caught on camera. I feel she calls herself names, two-ton, whatever. And I'm like, Julie, you're so beautiful. And it's like, well, as we get older, why do women just see that they're older instead of saying, I, I, I want to be Grandmother Willow. <laughs> I think I just need to plant myself in this chair and I need to grow roots, and I need to say, come young women, <laughs> sit at my feet, and look at my wrinkles, and look at how much wisdom I have, where these came from, and how much laughter I've, I've laughed. And that's what I wish women could see as I get older. Like, I feel such a sense of urgency to both develop the next leaders. I have my two daughters who work with me, and I see them, and I just see these amazing, women who are doing amazing things and that they don't see the limitations of, oh, when, when you're 50, you're supposed to be done. They see when you're 50, you have another whole half of your life that you have work to do. And now is the time to get that done. And so to me, I, I see that that's my job with younger women. And then with the women my age and older, my job is to light their fire again say what is the work you have to do if you have 20 years left that's a lot of time what are you going to do now taking time three times a day i think it's it's interesting because we all say we're too busy so easy to say we're too busy because we're all busy i mean i tell people i wake up at six in the morning and i go to bed at 10 or 11 at night which is a lot earlier than i used to go to bed and i'm always i'm constantly busy but i've realized there's a couple things that i've realized by taking time away and being still. 
number one, it recharges me. Just kind of, okay, we sometimes get stressed about things that are not really that important. But also, it's a good example to show, we always say we, here we have two nap rooms, and so we call them their nap rooms or their breakdown rooms. So if you need to have a breakdown, 10 minutes, get it over with, cry, come back out, we'll go in and just be still for 10 minutes. You come back out ready to give again. And I think another thing that I've noticed is when I remove myself more often and for periods of time, it allows other people to be problem solvers, which is really interesting because when I'm there all the time, everybody looks to me to solve the problem. But when I'm not there, I can be still and I can come back. And then I might not be as quick to jump in and answer their questions. I might be more centered and be willing to say, what do you think we should do? And it develops, and that's really one of my focuses, is developing these young women that are here to make decisions. So it's interesting, this whole process, and I didn't really know what this was going to be, and part of it was I didn't want to know too much, I wanted to kind of experience it. Intentional is the word that I think of, because the chair of joy can be anywhere. And taking moments to be still, we can all do that. But this experience was interesting because it made me be intentional to think through some things that I hadn't really processed and it made me think through how can I be more intentional to bring an experience like this more often and to more people. Intentional, we all need to be more intentional to have more joy. Because I don't think we make time on a normal day. We have to, we have to be intentional to have that happen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.